What's going on, everyone? It's the Commissioner here. Wanted to give you guys a quick plug, a quick ad before we start our episode. Look, the Rocket season is going to start this Wednesday on October 19th, but I want to talk about another game on October 24th. That's right. Houston Rockets versus the Utah Jazz. Filipino Heritage Night. It's going to be a great game. Jordan Clarkson versus Jalen Green. It's going to be super fantastic. It's going to be so fun, and I want everyone in Houston to show up and show out for Filipino Heritage Night. And the best way to do that... Go on rockets.com slash promo code right now. If you do that, type in the word Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O, for savings on tickets for this Monday night matchup against the Utah Jazz. But it's not only that. You will get an exclusive Jalen Green jersey only to be given away on this particular night. Not only that, I want to up the ante some more. We can do that. There will also be a post-game Q&A with Jalen green as well but the only way you can get a chance to get these jersey and Q&A you're gonna have to purchase on rockets.com slash promo code and type in the word Filipino look guys you're gonna get exclusive discounts on these tickets but more importantly you're gonna get yourself a Jalen Green jersey and a chance to listen and watch Jalen Green and a post-game Q&A And more importantly than that, you'll be enjoying a wonderful Houston Rockets game in person. Guys, what a way to start the season by getting a chance to do that. The Houston Rockets always killing it, always doing well. And more importantly than that, look, it's Filipino Heritage Night. It's a place that is near and dear for myself and the GM's hearts. We're Filipino. We're so proud to be Filipino. But we want the whole city of Houston to pack in to this and to Toyota Center to support Filipino Heritage Night, to support Jalen Green, and to support our Houston Rockets. Once again, I'll give it to y'all one more time punch in right now rockets.com slash promo code and go ahead and type the word filipino f-i-l-i-p-i-n-o for savings on tickets for this monday's matchup against the utah jazz with an exclusive jalen green jersey given away as well as a post-game q a with jalen green we have a great episode in store for y'all today be sure to check it out and that's enough of me talking right now we're about to alley-oop it to this episode a very important episode and a fun episode with myself and the gm right here at the summit state of mind you're listening to the apollo podcast network I feel like I fit I fit right in, you know what I'm saying, with my defense, my versatility, with me being able to play the five, me being able to play the four. Overall, playing hard and just my, my, my will to win will. No, that's a fact. That's a fact. We got yeah, a lot of young talent, um, a lot of guys that's wanting to be a great team. We all got the mentality to do it, so yeah, it's going to happen sooner than later. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to The Summit State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Stepbacks, and everything Houston Rockets presented to you by the Apollo Podcast Network. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny, and of course with me as always is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. Follow my brother on Twitter at JP underscore Mirabueno. Follow myself at on Twitter as well, at Summit Commission. Follow our show and podcast at Summit SOM Pod. And of course, follow the media team, the media squad at Apollo NBA and at Apollo HOU as Montero gets that strikeout on Aaron Judge at the top of the eighth GM. We what an incredible night so far. I mean it's 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 almost capped off here. I'm not gonna say with what. But we're currently watching the Astros as of right now. But we had just completed the first Rockets game of the season. It's officially been turned over. Game one is officially in the books, which is what which is why we're here. We're gonna discuss, have a little post-game action, which we don't do very often, but I think in game one we should definitely get this across and that way we can kind of get our thoughts into it fresh into the game. We watched the entirety of the game, all 48 minutes. GM, how are you feeling right now after watching that whirlwind of game, you know, that fight that they had against the Hawks, and now this uh, Astros game that's uh, unfolding before us at the top of the eighth here? Well, you know, the experience that was had watching both games at once was uh, quite an amazing we had, feeling. We had two TVs. We had two TVs on uh, simultaneously. So we got to watch the Astros, Yankees, and the Rockets, Hawks. And let me tell you, like, the Rockets against the Hawks, man, like, they looked good. And I really like the energy that they brought overall as a team. But, you know, it's just game one. We may have taken the L. But overall, I'm actually feeling very good. I will call it a productive L, if you could ever have one. A productive L. I'm calling 
like we're the way call, we're not calling it a moral victory. No, no, no. I'm a productive <laughs> L. I mean, I'm I'm gonna start trademarking this productive L's. You could get blown out by thirty, you know what I mean, and take your L. But like, you can have productive L's where you completely fight until the end. That's exactly what this Rockets team did. We alluded to this during the late third quarter, GM. And then do you remember? And then I told you that this team was just was just different. I really felt like. Cause this Hawks team, man, they have they have Dejounte Murray. They're trying to contend in the Eastern Conference as of right now. So I know that they're gonna come out swinging. That's what they're trying to do. They need. They're at home. You know, they have a Rockets team that's not well respected. That's not very good. They were their idea was to stomp on them, a la Minnesota last year when the Rockets went into Minnesota. And I'm telling you right now, if the the Rockets team that they had last year went into Atlanta this year, you're gonna get blown up by 20 to 25 easily and that was the big difference between you know this team this team now and that team of the past one year ago around this time was that it's completely night and day this team they have this fight there's this wherewithal you know Steven Silas said it best you're not going to have easy wins out of this team so that's exactly what took place here look a very productive L the Rockets lose the ultimately to the Hawks 117 to 107 high score of the game is Kevin Porter Jr. at 21 points so we're going to go down this stat line here GM but I wanted to open up the floor for first and foremost to you let's talk about the positives first um right out of the gate let's talk about the man the player of the game in my opinion it's got to be Kevin Porter Jr., a guy who just had sheer comfort, who basically got the contract and kind of showed why he was a man kind of deserving of this contract at four years, $80 million. When he had the ball in his hands, um, I would say, like especially considering the first quarter, he had played very, 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 very well. And you could tell that he took, he took quite a few good, I want to say good to great mid-range buckets. You know, he, he took some really great shots, and that's certainly an improvement from what we have seen last year, especially with how he played. Um, his finishing at the rim still remains a little bit more to be desired, but he was putting that effort. There were probably some plays where they could have gotten some fouls um, on Kevin Porter Jr., but overall, the way that he was running that offense, the way he was slicing and dicing, after a Bruno Fernando screen and where he slowly would make his decisions where it'd be like, maybe I'll cut to the bucket here. I will weave right here. Um, maybe I'll get it back to Bruno here for the dunk or I'll find Jabari, Jalen. Um, a lot of the decisions that were made in this game, it felt like KPJ was comfortable. Dare I say even mature. He mm. played very maturely. I mean, granted, he was still a minus 13 on the floor, but that's also because he played the most minutes on the team. But overall speaking, he played a good game. He still did have four turnovers, but that's also because he is the main guard holding the ball for the longest amount of time. But I will say this, he did make some good choices with the ball, despite that number. Of course we want to have that number down. But overall... Kevin Porter Jr. looked very comfortable, confident, and he looked like a leader amongst men, which was a question that Kenny and I had asked, you know, during the preseason, during the offseason. And this single game, we can say in a vacuum, just this isolated moment at 9.36 p.m. on October 19th that the Rockets and Raphael Stone probably feel really proud about the fact that, that they gave this contract to Kevin Porter Jr. And I was just very impressed with his game. I was too. And I think the one thing that really stuck out to me was his ability to slow that game down. We've, we've talked about with Jalen, but Kevin Porter Jr., every time he got a pick from Bruno Fernando, which shout out to Bruno Fernando, by the way, dude was a... Dude was a G when he was on, he was on. I mean, when he was off, he was off on the defensive end. Don't get me wrong there. There's a lot to be said and a lot to be made, which we will talk about in a minute. But to hone the focus on Kevin Porter Jr., when he handled, there were a bit, a few moments when he handled that pick and roll and he would go to the basket and he'd have a ton of those floaters, those midi jumpers. It was so reminiscent of like early James Harden in Houston days when you had like an Omer Oshik, when you had that type of... He never did too much. Like the one thing that I noticed, every time there was a there was a pick and roll with Bruno Fernando, anytime he set like a tough screen, Kevin Porter would do it and then you kinda of put the guard at his pocket. Kind of put the guard at his pocket and then either shoot like a little midi 
maybe like a 10-footer, 7-footer, but he, it was pretty much a bucket. Like, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but he's he probably only missed like two of those, two or three of those the entire game. That was pretty much a pocket shot that he can have anytime he wants, and the ability to kind of put himself in that position to succeed is a credit to Kevin Porter Jr.'s Jim Rat days in the summer and the ability of coach silas putting the trust and the faith in kevin porter jr that this work the work the luck is all going to culminate into this into this uh moment of a uh, in time obviously it's only one of 82 you're absolutely right there's still 81 games left in the season and remember we are going to hit the dog days at some point one or another once we get to games 30 to 40 it's gonna you know 30 to 50 you're gonna start kind of seeing like lackadaisical plays this game one obviously these players want to do the best they can and show up and show out because it is game one but Kevin Porter Jr. was definitely one of the ultimate bright spots in my opinion from this game so I think the way he attacked the game was perfect uh near perfect the turnovers happen but they'll end up happening you have to get used to the speed of the game and that's what I was saying a lot during the game as well was getting used to that which we'll talk about um in our next segment because we're going to talk about more about the negatives but I do want to talk a little bit more about the positives and a big change and a big change in what happened was we thought a lot of people thought was a negative, but Bruno Fernando actually coming into the game as the starter for Alperin Shangun to be the man to come off the bench here. GM, shocker, in your opinion? Did you expect this? Did it look like it was trending in that direction? I know Alp didn't have a great preseason, but I had no idea that it was going to get to that point. Um, If you didn't read my article that was posted earlier today, plug it. the first word that said was shocking. Or shocker. I don't remember exactly what word I used to headline the article, but to be honest with you, I was shocked um, that Alperin Shingun was placed on the bench in favor of Bruno Fernando. It's not because I feel like Bruno Fernando wasn't the best fit, because to be honest with you, I actually agree with that sentiment. It's just because I believed that the team was ready and willing to commit to Alp as the starting center and to just immediately just give it to him. Yeah, you know, and allow him the opportunity to uh, flourish or flounder as the starting center. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people wanted, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I it, it, that's you know, it, I think it's a fair argument if that's something that you do want to argue about. But personally, for me, I'm okay with the decision. I'm fine in the sense of giving Alperin Shingun the opportunity to succeed, whether that is as a starter or the first guy off the bench to replace Bruno. You know, and Bruno Fernando. As a starting center, we saw it today. In just game one, is proved that he is the absolute best choice to play alongside the likes of a Jalen and a, and a Kevin Porter Jr. You know that's easy. The first three or four plays of the game, immediately mm. you went to Bruno Fernando to set the screen, yep. and good things were happening. Yep. You know Kevin Porter Jr. playing aggressive in terms of popping up at the mid range. Jalen Green being able to move downhill. I don't know if you saw in the second half even um, a pick and roll that led to a give and go with Jalen Green to Bruno Fernando back to a Jalen Green for a layup that, at the yeah. rim. You know, those type of plays and decision making from Bruno. I mean, granted, right, that's something that we could say that Alperin Shengun can do as well. But when Bruno Fernando hit that mid range jumper, that kind of in made people. Quarter, yeah, yes, that kind yes, of made people have to. Yeah, they made yeah. they had to respect his jumper, and because of that, it gave Jalen the, the necessary space to get open on that cut. So you know, overall, you know, Bruno just looked really good. And let's not even let's not even fail to mention his defense. Okay, he had two blocks that were just recorded on the box score. It seemed like he got his hands on more balls than that, but at the same time, it just felt like Bruno Fernando defensively made a much bigger impact than what LP could have done in terms of being a starter. I mean, let's just go right here. Plus minus. Bruno Fernando was a minus one in twenty five minutes and Alperin Shengun was a minus six in twenty two minutes. I don't think that tells the overall story, but it also allows you to kind of put into perspective the impact of what happens when Bruno Fernando is on the floor defensively and Alperin Shengun is, you know? Yeah. So I mean I think that's very fair to say. That's a fair talking point. Um but 
overall, Bruno Fernando played well. He played, dude. His stat line was seven points, nine rebounds, and seven assists. Flirted with a triple double. Are you freaking kidding he flirted. me? He flirted with and it, and that's the type of thing that you expect from Alp. Alp surprised me because he had zero assists. But let, let me not deviate from the subject here. We are here to glorify Bruno Fernando as the starter, and he flourished. And congratulations to Bruno Fernando, because first of all, he was just brought in as a throw-in in a trade, signed an extension before, what, the first preseason game, and now he's the starting center for your Houston Rockets. That's an unbelievable trajectory. It's you also know? a great story. That's got some for... Mario Ellie type of success vibes. Yeah, yeah, you know? a guy that wasn't expected to be much of anything. Very absolutely, much absolutely. A, very much absolutely. a throw-in of sorts mm-hmm. to be able to come back and... It was a shocker when he ended up signing that four-year deal on top of it because they signed Bruno Fernando to a four-year, $10 million contract. So there was a lot to be said there. So it made me think, like, like Bruno Fernando didn't have an insane preseason, but it just goes to show probably the work ethic and what he was doing in practices, the way he was probably competing in training camp. There might have been tons of plays where, like, he was beating LP to, like, spots on defense, probably out-hustling him. You know what I mean? Like... They're two different animals in that sense. The way that Bruno Fernando plays, look, flirting with a triple-double on top of it, he's a downhill rim-running center, your prototypical rim-running center. That'll I know. Be- you saw that uh, all near Alley-Oop. Yes. In, was it the first quarter yeah, or yeah, second almost, quarter? It was almost ma- insane. Almost mamby-pambied it to the rim. Touche. So he, you are talking about like that type of guy with that type of talent that can put himself in the best position to succeed because he's playing next to a Jalen and a KPJ who need that ball in their hands, who need the pick and roll and what better. And I think Bruno Fernando in my, in my humble opinion, anyways, probably the best pick and roll player outside of the team, unless they start giving Usman a chance because Usman is also another great pick and roller, but I will diverge. I will not diverge from that subject as well. So GM positives were the positives were there in that sense with these two guys. Um, another positive that I will say, I don't care what anyone says. I will, I will call it a positive. Jabari Smith's play. Because, well, he, he was a weird, like, he was a weird, like, we're going to talk about him in a negative light because he didn't have a fantastic game. But I will talk about him in a positive light because of the way that I think that the culture shift on defense was started by him. Because you can kind of tell he was quarterbacking that D right out of the gate in the first quarter. The impact wasn't as heavily. Um, the way that they were playing him on defense was that they, they were playing him more to drop man. So they were, every time they had a switch, he would go to the drop man as opposed to switching up to the switching up to the guard, which I wanted to see Jabari get into those spots more. Just so because I feel like if he attacked that high that high pick and roll more, and he would switch over to say a um, a Dejounte Murray or a Trey Young, I really feel like Jabari and his length can pose problems to these types of players and these types of talents in these situations. You're gonna face Steph Curry at some point and Clay Thompson at some point. I really wanted to see Jabari get his feet wet by you know attacking. By attacking the screen, by switching and getting the high guard with a Trey Young. But unfortunately, it didn't happen as often as I'd like it to. So that's something that could be done in the future. But right now, like in the positive sense for what Jabari did do well, was his consistent ability to be there on defense. He missed a play very, uh, he missed one play where he, he attacked. There was a he attacked a double when Dejounte Murray drove to the rim. Jalen Green actually had him. He wasn't even at the he wasn't he didn't even pin him at the hip. Jalen was with him stride for stride, which I think it would have ended in a miss. Um, Jabari ended up playing a little too heavily, which left um, a player like John Collins in the corner. That's a that's 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 a basic pass by any NBA player to kick it to the corner for the three point shooter. Once Jabari read that, he didn't leave the corner again. At that point, at that moment, trust your guy, trust your guard. To stay on him, if you can see that he's on him, you don't need to help too much, especially if you have a threat like John Collins from the corner. Now, granted, John Collins is not a night and day three point shooter. As we get a strikeout, there you go, GM. You happy? Thank God, we okay. needed that. We needed that. So, <laughs> in the top of the eighth, we're about to go in the middle of the eighth here. Astros lead four to two. I'm telling you guys, we're recording this live. This is you're get you're getting some live stuff right here, right after the Rockets ended their game, and the Astros are playing theirs. So that overall, that's my thoughts on like a Jabari Smith. GM, did you see what? What else did you see? Like outside of, outside of KP, outside of Bruno, who else? Who else, in your opinion, shined in this game? Um, before I uh, shine on my guy, mm. I will cap on what. Well, not. Oh, not, not, you're not, cap, not, you're gonna... no, 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 not like that. I'm meaning like I'm going to add on to what there you talked about with Jabari Smith Jr. 
Gonna Despite the fact that Jabari Smith Jr. did shoot only three of eleven Gen from Zers three, are fainting. Sorry, they can <laughs> calm down. Um, Jabari Smith Jr. shot three of eleven from three. To be honest with you, I'm not mad at the amount of threes he took. I think that a lot of the threes he did take were good. Granted, he shot 27% from three, yeah. but at the end of the day, these were actually shots that I really want Jabari Smith to take, regardless. Right. You know, and I'm right. okay with that. I can live with that. You know, those what are I mean? his shots. Absolutely. I mean, he took a shot from the corner where a guy was draped on him, and he nailed it on him. And, you know, you see the way that these guys were defending him when they were on him. They knew the scouting report. They knew that he can shoot. They didn't dare Jabari Smith Jr. to shoot. But, you know, Jabari said, hey, man, I'm in rhythm. I'm taking it. You cannot block my shot. And to his belief, he made it happen. He still had 17 points tonight. This is a debut for a rookie the number three overall pick you know now that chet holmgren is down it's just basically the two top guys paolo bencaro and jabari smith jr jabari smith jr who had a great game and paolo had a whale of paolo bencaro had himself a hell of a debut granted it's against the detroit pistons i'm not saying but i'm gonna say right now i feel like jabari could drop 25 i mean i mean you know i'm not i'm not gonna be mad i'm I'm, I'm, I'm gonna roll with my guy Paolo Bencaro. I'm just kidding. Oh. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Jabari Smith Jr. Man, he played well. We don't fight. And we don't fight I, on I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, add on as well to what you said on the defensive end. Is when he did leave the game. Granted, he was replaced by Atari Eason, but also Bruno Fernando was replaced by Alperen Sengun. And you know, you would b- hope to believe that Atari Eason would be able to help carry that help defensive torch. But you know, there was just a lot of a conundrum of bad things that were happening with the bench unit. And we'll elaborate on that later. But when Jabari Smith Jr. was on the floor, his impact was felt on both ends of the floor. He was making great choices, great decisions, and he just played with a a type of maturity that you don't expect from a rookie. He played very well. Um, But my guy that I want to highlight easily, Tari Eason, 8.7 rebounds in 15 minutes in the game but granted he shot four of six from the field he didn't attempt any threes though shocker but he did have three offensive rebounds to add on to his four defensive rebounds he was he only had one foul man and he was a minus one on the floor you know that's one of the lowest on the team right so that shows that when Tari Eason was on the floor he's making a positive impact he had hands everywhere on the defensive end he was I think I believe he's he very may, active. Man. I believe he may have gotten a steal or two. I don't remember. Um, I know he did get some hands on some loose balls, but I'll pull up. On, I'll you know, he, they, and then you know, if you guys so he, aren't, he didn't have steals. He didn't have any steals tonight. Okay. but he, he his hands were active. Okay, that, that yeah. that's all that matters. You know? He's making an effect on the defensive end, regardless yeah. if that counts on the stat line. I mean, even then, he had two big buckets. He had one cut where Eric Gordon found him from the three point line to right under the bucket for an easy dunk. And then there was, was another, quick yeah, and there was a the defensive basket. play where Tari Eason ended up with the ball, and he slammed it in like he was Michael Jordan's Space Jam. You know, shout out to uh, the commission's uh, tweet. I had a fantastic you know, tweet, and it was good. It was <laughs> it, it was what I would call a banger, an underrated banger. It didn't get as many likes as we as uh, the commission would have liked. So if you were listening to this episode, like that tweet, man, give it to my boy. Um, but anyways, you know, Tari Eason played very well. He looked like he fit. He played mature. I mean, you know, granted, he was he's still a rookie, but you can see that the moment wasn't too big for him in terms of it being his first official NBA game. Mm-hmm. He was ready. and he looked good. He did. He certainly looked good. And, you know, I kind of want him to be more aggressive shooting, but that's okay. I think you know, come. there was a lot of opportunities for the other guys. They all made the right decisions. I mean, these guys were certainly, I would say, pieced together. Um, bench wise, KJ Martin wasn't expected to be on the rotation. Jay Sean Tate is out, you know, um, whether it's going to be KJ Martin or Garrison Matthews moving to the bench when he does come back remains to be seen. But Tari Eason only getting 15 minutes is a testament to how well he played in the preseason. Because to be honest with you, I didn't expect him to get any PT because I didn't know if Silas would trust him. But here we are in game one and Eason certainly did make an impression on the team in a positive manner absolutely i want to just you know before we move on to the next topic because we're gonna have to jump here in just a second one more thing in regards to that tari had an absolutely phenomenal game um it didn't show a lot on the box score but he had his hands very active and and it was going to be one of those games where 
they had to get used to it. They had to get used to the speed, and I think these rookies are starting to get it. And you're really going to get baptized by fire here in terms of playing guys like DeJounte Murray, John Collins, and Trey Young, Clint Capella, and this contending Hawks team. So what better way to do it? And they only lost by 10. But I think one more thing that doesn't fail to miss here um, that deserves some positive that deserves some positive pub is uh, Josh Christopher. I think Josh Christopher had very um, had great minutes off the bench. He shot three of six. He only had six points, but a lot of what he did, three rebounds, two assists, just doing a little bit of everything on what he's trying to do and how he's trying to and how he's trying to react to the plays. Because he was kind of a guy at the end of the preseason. He was not on the outs, but a lot of people were starting to think, oh, okay, there are going to be some guys that are going to f- going to fall out of the rotation and Jacob might have been one of those guys that has the possibility of falling out of the rotation. Um, it wasn't going to happen at the start of the season. It wasn't like danger zone right here, danger zone, danger zone. But, like, there was that chance that maybe by game 10, 15, or 20, like, if he can't get it together, then they might, some, something's got to happen. But I think this was a really good uh, second season debut, sophomore debut for a guy like Josh Christopher because he only played in limited minutes. He actually had the least minutes out of everyone on the team that played. Only played 12 and a half. But like I said, three of six from the floor. He tried to do everything he could. Obviously still not perfect on the defensive end, which will be fixed because he's coming with that second unit, man. They're so erratic. Speaking of erratic, man, let's go ahead and shift gears here and talk about the um talk about the negatives of this game because obviously that's a that's a point of attack that we do have to make because we did lose this game 117 to 107. And I think like, look, right out of the gate, I'll bring it up right here. Because the two guys, look, the second overall pick this year, I mean last year, and the third overall pick this year, did not have a great and fantastic game. They shot 13 of 37 from the floor in total. Not very conducive to a successful game from your top two picks from the last two years. You would prefer that those percentages would be just a little bit higher. 13 to 37, it's not very good. Um... Jalen, I thought, had a had a great game, which we didn't even highlight him in a positive light because I thought he did have a great game. Um, the game definitely slowed down in his mind, but he still did not score to the capacity in which we were used to throughout the end of last year and preseason this year. He only shot one of seven from three. Jabari Smith only shot three of 11. You're looking at four of 18 from three. Not very good from your top two picks, but let's go. let's start highlighting Jalen. Here on how he played overall, GM. What was your opinion on Jalen Green's uh, first game in his sophomore campaign? I like the aggressiveness. I saw a lot of him moving downhill and getting to the bucket. I mean, you. We all wish that he would have gotten the foul calls a bit more. He only attempted about what? Uh, he only attempted one free throw. That's robbery, highway robbery. The team overall only attempted fifteen free throws. But granted, we shot fourteen of fifteen from the line. That's a uh, a bit kind of crazy. I wonder why we did, you know, a certain player who shot 60% or less than 60% from the free throw line last year is not on the team anymore. Um, mm. But it, this isn't about him. But when it pertains to Jalen Green, he did have a good game in terms of his aggression. I did, however, uh, wasn't a fan of some of his mistakes. He only turned the ball over three times, but it felt like he turned the ball over like five or six times. I mean, it just seemed like Jalen at some point in time, just could not make good decisions in terms of transition. Um, he tried to force some passes in, but the same can be said for Shangun. Um, but overall, despite Jalen Green, you know, playing that, playing that way, we all see the positivity in terms of what he brought to the table. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it wasn't just Jalen Green in terms of the way that he played. Um, obviously, he could have played a lot better. It wasn't a fantastic game, but I do want to highlight someone who just seemed like he was bothered for th- by the fact that he was not starting, and that is Alper in Shangun. Look, the stat line actually looks very nice. It's 5 of 9 from the floor, 15 points, minus 6 from in the plus-minus category. But GM, here's one, want to know the one number that sticks out to me for Alper in Shangun that kind of shows me that he did not have a great game on the numbers category. The turnovers. He had six. You saw that? Yeah. The he six turnovers were six not so hot at turnovers. all. turnovers. Yeah. He tried to get cute a few times. Dude, those under-the-leg passes when it pertained to the pick-and-roll, pick pick-and-pop type stuff was just well, frustrating. There is... 
one person we hoop with that has a tendency to do some no look and over the shoulder passes and no look passes, and I love him. He's he's one of my homies, one of my homeboys that I've just, that I met recently, and is a homeboy honestly for life. I love him to death. He's really a brother, but there are times when he does it, and I will legit just <laughs> be like, bro. Not it's almost now. like you want to rip your head Not off. Not the moment. Like, and no, and, and and I felt that with Alperin Shangoon. Yeah. There were moments when he tried to get cute. There were moments when he lost the ball where he just he looked confused. Like he looked like a deer in headlights a few times and that scared me cuz I'm like, "Alpi, this isn't anything new. You've been here." Yeah, he he looked very confused in his new role, I would say for sure. But is it really a new role? No, definitely not. This is what Alpi's role was last Absolutely year. Absolutely not, no. No, this looks like a guy that was told or maybe alluded to the fact that, "Hey man, you're going to rumblings of or at least rumblings of, "Hey man, you're going to start during the season." Mm-hmm. And the fact that he didn't clearly affected his play because he's a man that looked like once he settled down and he was able to get the plays, he looked fantastic. But there were a lot of plays, there were a lot of negative plays that he had. Like I said, a lot of the no-look plays. A lot of things he tried to do, dump passes out, and he w- it would lead to turnovers. He's just not paying full attention to the game. And I think, as a whole, that's so problematic to these to these guys because the reason why they have Jalen and KP starting with Bruno Fernando is so that way LP can be the funnel guy with that second unit to be kind of like that orchestrator, to be that guy that kind of, you know, conducts his choir with the second unit. And I don't think that they did that because because e, if you looked at it, EG, it was EG, KJ, KJ Martin, um, Tari Eason, Alperin Shingun, and Garrison Matthews. Can you name a point guard on that entire freaking lineup? No. No. No, I, I don't even want to like. I don't even want to go no. in depth of this conundrum that is the back, uh, the back. No, and that, that's fine. Position. But but this is the reason why it's that way because they have Alperin Shangun who they want to use him in a Jokic type role. I get that. That's fine. That's great. But Alpi himself has to realize that, dude. If this is going to be your game, now granted, he's still young. He's only twenty years old. He will get better. He will get better. He'll know. I'm not. I'm not by any means overshooting or undershooting on him at all i think he's great as we get another strikeout one more so (laughs) on the top of the ninth i think overall from what we need from lp as of this moment if this is going to be your role for at least the first few games of the season you want to earn it earn it this is not a given this isn't yours this isn't you wasn't yours take your you were the 17th pick overall you know Is what I mean? 17th or 16th? 16th pick, I'm sorry. 16th pick, yeah, 16th pick overall last year. We need to see something more from him. GM, I want to go more in depth on Operation Shingun. Overall, what were your thoughts from his game, and did his play shock you in any way? I'm not going to lie, I was a little shocked. He he seemed a little flustered, especially in the first half. Um, he certainly contributed in terms of turnovers in the first half. Uh, we had 10 turnovers in the first half. I believe he probably contributed to maybe a third of those. Um, you know, there were a few passes where I just looked like LP. What are you doing, man? Yeah, and he looked. So he looked. He, I hate to say that he looked a little slow. Um, I'm not sure what had happened between Eurobasket and now, but LP just did not seem like himself. He didn't seem to have the confidence that he carried from last year that he had when he was the mm-hmm. starter. But yeah. overall. Offensively, he he shot well. He shot five and nine from the field. He had fi- he had fifteen points and nine rebounds. He hit a three. You know, he hit the same amount of threes as Jalen. Oh, can we not? Can we not? Can we, we not will. talk about that? Okay, let's go ahead and hold the broadcast. Let's for this go. Moment. Let's Astros go. Astros win game one live on our show. Astros GM, take it. You know what that means, right? We have to record. The end of every game. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> it has to happen now. We have to, uh, we have to record maybe now. Maybe we'll do a post game for game two uh, for the Astros Yankees if we we forced to record. If 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 we have to, we will we will do it. We are men of the people. Um, you know, we'll do it for the city. We put on for our city, and that's just how we be. But anyways, let's let let's move on. Um, Alperin Shangun, man, despite the fact that he did not play so hot in the first half, he seemed to come around a little bit in the second half. But it just seemed like defensively, he still looked he still looked a step slow. Um, he just he didn't have it, man. Um, granted, when he was on the floor, when we did come back, you know, in the fourth quarter, we were down like three. There, can can I say I don't mean to cut you off? 
there were two plays that made me be like, I want to rip my hair out. Because I'm like, you can't lose these balls in these types of situations, LP. Like, that's what you're there for. You're there to kind of be the be that guy for that second unit. We gave up a 5-0 run right out of the gate. We were only down, I think we were only down 7 or 8 at the start, at, at the at the end of the, uh, no, 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 we were down 5? We were down 5, I think, at the end of the third. I don't so we were th- exactly. we were right there, but we, we were, were down right fourteen the, in the third. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. At one point in the third, we were down fourteen, but the, yeah. to the end, yeah. the quarter, we were down five. Mm-hmm. So or we were down either four or five. So for me, that when that happens, when you know that KPJ and Jalen are coming, are going to be coming off the bench, that Silas is not staggering them at least as of right now. I need Alp to be a little bit more aggressive, but I need him to pick his spots better, and I need him to understand that, dude. They're putting it on for you because you're going to be that guy. You're going to be Jokic. Mm-hmm. But it's also a, it's also a spin upon the players that are also with him. So I'm not going to put full blame on LP, but I'm, I also want... I mean, you can hold some responsibility in terms of like yeah, KJ, Garrison. Garrison, yeah, Garrison especially, especially Eric, Eric Gordon. There's some bad the, Eric look, Gordon. I'm just not a fan of that lineup. Like yeah, that is, me too. That is not the greatest lineup I would put forth I would prefer if you want to do this if you want to run with Shangun, I would put Jabari right at the top of the fourth and I take Garrison out that's just my opinion or I take or I take uh, one I take one to be honest I take one of uh, Gordon or um, yeah Gordon or or Garrison out because they're both three-point shooters Garrison there's nothing Garrison is going to give you that Jabari already can't give you in my opinion you want to be able to help him and help kind of calm him down and help uh, LP be that guy. I think Jabari needs to come in at the top of the fourth. If, big if, if Silas isn't going to put in someone like a KPJ or Jalen. I mean, wouldn't you agree? And you think at some point, do you think he's going to start staggering these minutes? Um, I think so. I mean, it's honestly, right. what I really want to see is more so of Jalen with LP. I feel like they seem to have more of a comfortability and a they rapport. Do. In terms of give and go, pick and roll, pick and pop, whatever um, you entail from that, but it just seems that I feel like Jalen Green would be better off the ball with Alp. They seem to be a bit better of of a fit, in my opinion. But that's all up to Silas to make that decision. Yeah, and I think as the season progresses, I believe we will see something along those lines. But overall, you know, it was just. It was just a game of where Alp just was not comfortable. He was shook. It's obvious that he was shook. His confidence was shook. But in the second half, he did pick it up, and we're hopeful that he can carry that over to the next game and to the weekend and to the better parts of the season until um, maybe Silas decides maybe Alp should start now. But that all just remains to be seen. Yeah, and uh, you know when it comes to someone like an Alper and Shingun, we're not going to harp on him anymore. Um, I'm, I'm, my stock isn't gone on him as of yet. I still believe in LP. I still think he's going to do really well. Um, it's just a rough start to the start of the season. But like I said, everybody, it's just game one of 82. Everybody calm down. Don't go too crazy. We lost by 10. Really good to a really good Hawks team. Um, Jay Sean was out. The rotations are obviously not 100 to where I think Silas would like to run. I think Jay Sean is very important. He's so key to this team that I think a lot of people don't understand. He's so key to them offensively and defensively. I think him pairing him with that second unit along with Alp, I think would probably do wonders because Jay Sean has come. He becomes more or less a pseudo uh, point forward because he also can handle the rock too. So I think that'll change obviously once he gets back on the court. Um, one more player that I did want to harp on um, that did not have a great game at all, uh, KJ Martin, one of seven, played 22 minutes, over two from three. He missed three. two dunks, man. He missed two dunks. It was. I think that's something that just uh, I I I believe that is not going to be a normal thing. I think it's just an outlier. He'll get those when he does have the the, the opportunities. Is it just probably was a bad night for KJ Martin? I mean, he got the shots he wanted. I mean, those are pretty much his shots he shot the threes that he only shot two threes he missed them both but those are the threes that set threes for the most part he got to the spots that he needed to he missed a few dunks here and there missed a couple of layups um it just wasn't anything to shine on and once again this is kind of where this is where it becomes kind of problematic and we've we've talked about this before the start of the season was going to be the defense of the second unit the defense of the second unit scares me i need jay sean to be on that court because when he's when he's not there 
or Jabari's not there. Tari is great, but I just don't think Tari is still not a leader defensively. He will do everything for you defensively, but I don't still see I I do not see him as of right now as that leader on the defensive end that he'll be the one barking all the orders, getting all the calls, getting people in the right spots. Tari will give you everything he has 110% and he's a great defender. I just don't see him as being that leader. I think some getting someone like a Jay Sean or a Jabari in there with that second unit will pay dividends down the road because the defense was very 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 suspect once Jabari and uh, KPJ and, and the starters kind of went off the floor, wouldn't you agree yourself? The defense of the second unit has something that has to be fixed. It left a lot to be desired. Oh! I'm going to say that. Um, <laughs> especially in that second quarter, that first quarter, second quarter, dude, it just looked, it looked bad. Everything just looked bad. I mean, you know, I mean, in the first half, everybody just looked discombobulated they looked confused, bewildered, and everyone just did. They didn't. It, did, it felt like they didn't know their role. But I will say this: in the second half, the bench did come out a bit stronger. They played a bit better, and then Silas found like he found the juice when he when he put Josh Christopher in the game um, with that second unit in the fourth, and that's when they started to kind of pick up the pace in terms of making things happen. I mean, sure, they had good some bounce. Uh, good bounces their way. Jabari Smith went in and played with the bench players as well in the early parts of the fourth and allowed some carryover. I remember with the other starter who came in, I don't know if it was Jalen or Kevin Porter Jr. who came in the latter part with play with the bench, but overall it looked good in that realm. I was very happy like uh, the fact that they were able to pick it up, but I mean, at the end of the day, it just seemed like they just, I don't know. Overall, the bench just didn't have the juice. Overall. They didn't have they, the juice. They didn't have the sauce. They didn't have it. There wasn't it. You know, it was I do like sauce, it. though. I do like sauce. You are a sauce guy, after all. I'm a you, condiment guy. Love my condiments. You are a condiment guy. You're a condiment guy. Sauce. Should we go for the fettuccine Alfredo sauce? I'm more so of a, a like... pasta a, sauce? I do love me some pasta sauce. I do love me some uh, a good Alfredo. I'm a, uh, you know, I thought you're, I do like my low sodium soy sauce with a ton of, uh, what is that green stuff again? Wasabi was, with wasabi. my sushi. Well, you also love condiments. You're like a, if I were to dub you as a villain, you'd I'm be a condiment a, whore. So key. you actually are. He loves me. He loves mayo and he loves. Okay. Uh, let's ranch. not, let's not dig that deep. Let's not dig that deep. But if I were to compare <laughs> you to anybody, any villain from the Batman saga, I would, I will call you the condiment king. That's right. The Condiment King is a uh, villain in Batman. Uh, fans, look seriously? it up right now on Google. Google it right now, Condiment King. I will willingly take that. I'll willingly take Google that. Condiment King right now, and I'm telling you right now, he is a villain in the Batman universe. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. Okay, so GM, look, we discussed the positives, we discussed the negatives, but overall, this was such a great game and a good step forward. Any closing thoughts here before we move on to the uh, last to the last topic of the of the night? Um, no, man. I mean, overall, I'm going to say this overall for the team, we may have been, we may have taken the L here, but I do think that there were a lot of good things to take out from this game. A lot of good positives, you know, Jalen Green and Jabari Smith Jr. will shoot better. I'll tell you that they will definitely shoot better in the coming games. Um, and when it pertains to, when it pertains to the bench, I mean, that, it's not like they don't have things that they can improve on. These aren't just things where it's just like they suck. It's more so effort, uh, decision-making, communication. This is more so on the defensive end. And just LP playing smart. Instead of making dumb choices, I feel like that's something that he can certainly improve on. And I, you know, I, I certainly believe in it. I mean, it may not all reflect on the record, but at the end of the day, like, I'm not mad about this loss. No, not at all. And the crazy thing is, GM, they kept coming back. Like, you couldn't... The Hawks, every time the Hawks threw a haymaker, this is the difference between... This is my closing thoughts, by the way, as well. The difference between last year and this year's team, when they knocked you down, especially in the beginning of the season, when they knocked you down, oh, God, you stayed down. Like, that's the difference between shots to my, my fans from Super Punch-Out too. If you were knocked down, you were knocked down. You were Gabby J. You were the minor circuit. You were level one. That was last year, the beginning of the season. You were Gabby J. You know, you were 7-99. and 99. You know, that was your record. 
this team this year, this team this year, as of this moment, fought any time that they felt like this Hawks team got ahead, they were able to put them to the mat. Every time they threw a haymaker, they kept getting up. They kept getting up. They kept fighting. Like they kept fighting. They kept fighting. They kept clawing up until the very end. That is something that I'm telling y'all right now. That that alone is culture building because the Rockets. A couple of makes by Jabari Smith Jr., a couple of makes by Jalen Green, and the Rockets are up by five at the end of this game. You're looking at a 15-point swing going the other way. Jabari missed some key threes that were wide open that he just clanked. And Jalen Green made a couple of bad decisions on the offensive end, but he clanked a few wide open threes. Those threes go in. We're writing a whole new story justin's writing a whole new article you know shout outs to gm by the way he wrote an article for paulohou.com go check it out right now because he did do a review for the rockets hawks post game and i think that if a couple of these shots go in a couple of these key defensive stops get made the win is there we only lost by 10 to a good atlanta hawks team we're not playing i'm, I'm sorry i'm no offense we're not playing the motor city pistons over here you know what i mean we're not playing the I'm going to say, we're not playing the Orlando Magic. Don't, not, don't you disrespect the I'm Cade Cunningham-led Pistons and I the Paolo Bencaro-led Magic. Cunningham. How dare I you? I do appreciate a good Cunningham, good Cade Cunningham highlight. Like, Cade's my boy. But this was a team that fought. And I think if you're going to take any positive from this game, the culture's different. Right out of the jump. I'm telling you right now that last year's team plays this year's Atlanta Hawks. You lose by 30. We lose by 25. Like, easily. And it's not even close, and it's not worth it. Christian Wood gets 25 points. It's fantastic. But we lose, and we lose horribly. This year, right here, right now, just like Rocky Six, this team has a puncher's chance every game. And I think that that puts a lot of the be- that puts a lot of the good teams on edge. So I think overall this was a great game. I can't wait to see what they're going to do for the rest of these next 81 games. So speaking of the next 81 games, the home opener is this Friday. Uh, big time stuff going on there. Myself and the GM will be in attendance for that Friday opener against the Grizzlies. John Morant, uh, Desmond Bain. It's going to be big time stuff happening in the Summit, in Toyota Center. If y'all already got had not gotten your tickets, go ahead and get them now. It's going to be big time stuff. We're going to be so excited for when the game happens. GM, are we? How excited are you for, for the home opener? I'm I'm psyched, man. I can't wait. I'm ready, man. Honestly, I feel. I feel... Been a while. Ready. It's it's gonna be good to be in attendance at the Toyota Center when it's like a game that I guess you can say that matters in the sense it's the first home game of the season. Happy to be there, happy to share the time and you know the space with fellow Rocks Twitter brethren. You know, it's exciting, very happy. Um it's also excuse me, it's a good thing that also that the Astros are off, thank goodness. We can focus on just one thing as opposed to having to focus on multiple things so um i'm totally cool with that and i'm excited it's gonna be fun time um if anybody sees us say what's up say hello man please do um yell out commish gm whatever um not to be confused with the gm Raphael stone i am not him um but just uh <laughs> definitely if people do see us yeah, definitely give us a shout out man we'll definitely say what's up to you love to meet everybody it's always a good time at Toyota Center. Uh, my brother and I always love to immerse ourselves in the community. That's the whole point. That's what we do. And it's just it's just an exciting time to be a Rockets fan, despite how people feel, despite our record at the end of the season. There's a lot of hope here, guys. And with a lot of hope leads to light, and light leads to hopefully – uh, a nice finish at the end of the tunnel, man. So I like I like where we're headed for sure. Absolutely, and I totally agree. And like I, like the GM said, I'm gonna hearken upon his statements. Come meet us at Toyota Center this Friday. We're gonna be having a ball. We're gonna be having so much fun. We're gonna be with the Rockets fan base. Um, we're gonna be with you know the fan base. We're gonna be with Apollo NBA as well. So that should be a lot of fun. We're just so psyched at this opportunity and just getting a chance to be there with the fans, immerse ourselves in this environment. It's been a minute since we've been to a home opener. So we're actually very excited. So we want to see all you fans there. We want to pack the house, show the Rockets our support. This is going to be such a fun team this year. I'm so excited. I'm so happy. I'm happy. This is a product. Like I said, man, productive L. Productive L. That's all I got. That's all I got to say. This productive L and we're 0 and 1 right now, but like I said there's 81 games left to play. GM the 81 and 1 record lives on. 
you know, at least until at least until Friday, then we can start talking. But the eighty-one and one record lives on. All right, so that's gonna go ahead and cap off our episode, episode one twenty-seven. Two full seasons in for your boys here. This is gonna be our third season covering this Rockets team. Wow, and absolutely insane stuff. We're so blessed. We're so excited for the season. So much stuff. So many announcements that we can't even announce as of yet that we cannot wait to get out to you guys as soon as we get clarification and thumbs up from other people that we will not say. So, GM, I want to lay it up to you right now. Hit them with the plugs. Hit them with the shout-outs so that people can know one time. Um, okay. So, follow me on Twitter at JP underscore Mirabueno. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Summit, S-O-M-P-O-D. Follow us on Instagram at Summit State of Mind underscore P-O-D, right? Is that the right one? Yes. Okay. So wait, on Instagram? Yes. Summit State of Mind underscore pod, yeah. What about the our TikTok? Can you what's our TikTok? Summit State of Mind underscore pod. Oh, same thing. All right, guys. You heard it. No, um, sorry. At Summit S-O-M pod. <laughs> Never mind. We you heard it. it. You heard back. it from uh, the uh, the the commish. At some point, we're gonna uniform so M Pod on TikTok. At some point, we're gonna be uniform. Follow here. us Love and God. the fam it's and terrible. the team <laughs> at Apollo H O U at Apollo NBA. Make sure to check out my two articles that were written today: uh, the shocking Bruno Fernando post, and also my post game blog about. The post game from the Rockets Hawks game. So uh, please give that a look. Read it. Uh, tell me what you guys think. If you don't like it, you don't like my writing style, uh, I guess that's a little too bad. So I'm just going to keep doing yeah, it anyway, move it along. guys. Move it, yeah, move, move it, it along, along, man. Move, move it along. along. Move it along. Move it along, man. Anyways, that's, that's, that's how, Astros that's how up 1-0. Rockets maybe down 0-1. But let me tell you, go Strohs and let's go Rockets. All right, good stuff, GM. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Follow me on Twitter as well, at Summit Commish. And I will uh, harpen upon what my brother said. Go check it out. My brother, he's living out his dream right now, re- finally getting to write articles. He's been wanting to do this for so long. I'm so happy for him. So go click on the links. Go check it out. He puts it on Twitter, on our Instagram. Um, I'm going to start linking the website on our uh, on our link tree as well, so you guys can find his articles there as well. So I'll have it up uh, soon. So it should be able to pop up there if you guys don't follow any of uh, If you don't go on any of the social media platforms. Uh, if you at least click through the links, you should be able to, on the link tree, you should be able to get it. So, shout out to my brother. He's killing it right now with the article writing. I'm going to be hopping on it too very, very soon myself with my own articles. Uh, if you know me well enough, you should know the first article I'm probably going to write, but I'm not going to say it. All I got to say two words my son. So, <laughs> that's going to go ahead and end this episode here. Uh, we can't wait to see everybody on Friday, and uh, we're just so blessed. We're so thankful. We appreciate each and every one of y'all on the end of this show, on the end of this go home here. Go Astros, and of course, let's go Rockets. The Summit for, 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 for life.